podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Today's pop culture is disgusting. We're going to get into that. We're also going to talk about how disgusting Vols fans are online. In person, they were pretty great. We're going to talk to Kevin Jones. We're going to recap Tennessee. And we're going to talk about why we hate Youngstown State. Coming for them penguins. Raspy voice! The Raspy Voice kids are going to be in the building at Brickside Bar and Grill in Bridgeport, West Virginia, right at the convergence of Route 50 and I-79. We're going to be there in conjunction with Froggy Country of Fairmont, Clarksburg, Bridgeport, and Hot 105.7. We're going to co-host a party for the North Carolina State versus West Virginia game. It's going to be dope. So much fun. Our guy Jim Sweezy has facilitated all of this, and he's a man with the plan. He knows how to get it done. The Raspy Voice, Raspy Voice kids know how to have fun. And if you come up, show up early because the food is delicious. They're going to have specials. They're going to have giveaways, including tickets. You don't want to miss it. Get at your boys, Raspy Voice kids. There will be more details on our uh, Instagram, on our Twitter, on our Facebook, and of course, you can get more information at BricksideBarGrill.com. That's grill with an E. BricksideBarGrill.com for more information on the party for September 15th. It's your boy, Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined as always by your... By the little homie, JNV, Mr. Jeremy Phoenix. Little we, big homie, little big homie. Little big homie. <laughs> we are the Raspy Voice Kids. We are presenting the Hail West Virginia podcast. We're going to get right to it with pop culture because it is filthy. Do you have any idea, Jeremy, any idea how many people do not wash their hands after using the bathroom? I do not. I will also say, if you can hear in our voices, especially yours, man, you raspy voice, man. Tennessee done did something to you. North hey, Carolina done did something to you, bro. Charlotte was a movie. <laughs> I, you, you saw it. I got it popping. And I still ain't made it all the way back, but it makes for that extra raspiness. No, but I hear. not washing your hands makes for extra nastiness. Yeah, Jeremy, yeah get, get back to it. Get back to it. Do y'all have any idea? I'll, I'll just tell you. After using the bathroom, 95% of people fail to wash their hands long enough to kill harmful bacteria. Actually, I did see see that. It was on the ABC News thing. 95%? Oh, wow. And then researchers found that only two in three people use soap. That means they go to the bathroom and they think water is enough to wash their hands after pooping. Okay? All right? (laughs) Let, no, that, no, no, let, no, let no, that sink in. No, no, but check the check the number I got. Because you said 95%. I thought we were on the same page. No, we were talking about something different. ABC News reports that the 95%, and I'll throw this in, liars, liars. 95% of Americans claim to wash their hands. <laughs> Why would you claim otherwise? Now, mind you, only one in, this is, one in 10 skips using the sink altogether, meaning they don't even use water. They just poop and leave. With no remorse. Men are worse than women, which is no surprise. Yeah, Now, now, I'm going to say something controversial, but it's real. Men can pee outside. We pee in the snow. We pee on trees. Peeing is not such a big deal to me, okay? Urine is sterile. I think you should wash your hands at all times, but I can forgive a man if he doesn't pee because we don't have to wipe like women do. By the way, I was like 19 years old before I realized women had to wipe after they pee. That was a whole different world for me. That said. Sheltered. That said, this, what is wrong with you, America? People are worried about the wrong things. People are fighting over all kinds of stuff. Nobody is talking about the real problem, disgustingness. I remember being in high school, because this is a crusade I've been on for a long time now. When I was in high school, we went to Parkersburg High, shout out to the Big Reds. If I saw you in the bathroom and you decided you weren't going to wash your hands, I was kind to you. I'd say, Jordan, hey, you, you almost, hey, Jordan, you almost forgot. You almost forgot to wash your hands. Hello, I would just like to defend myself in this case. Uh, I always wash my hands in any situation. So, uh, yeah, Brandon's accusations are merely for example. Because I would act like maybe they forgot, even though I knew what was really good, right? If you rolled your eyes at me, if you ignored me, if you said something disrespectful and you decided to just walk out and not wash your hands, I'd follow you to the hall peacefully. I would raise my hand and raise my raspy voice and say, no one shake Jordan's hand. I just watched him go to the bathroom, and he did not wash his hands. And then Jordan, of course, would immediately be embarrassed 
and would immediately say, yes, I did. Yes, I did. And I would say, why would I lie? Again, Brandon is only using this as an example, but contrary to what he said, I would not claim that I did wash my hands. I would probably bow my head in shame and then turn around and go back into the restroom and wash my hands. However, in this situation, which is completely false, I would have already washed my hands. So, case dismissed. Yes. No one, yes. no one shake Jordan's no, amen. hands. Look, look, and, that, and that's one story. I remember stories, and I keep thinking, I look back and like, what in the world were we thinking? I don't want to say we, y'all, you and M Tudor. I just remember being at places, in public places, with grown men while grown we men. were still teenagers. They would walk out of the bathroom, and you guys would walk out, pointing at their head with your fingers, saying, yes. uh, excuse me, this guy. Yes. Wash yes. the ba- wash his hands in the bathroom. Out of the mouth of babes. Out you of know? the mouth of babes. <laughs> you know. Listen, the truth is, we aren't doing enough. Okay? People want to be activists. Be activists for washing hands. You see some if you see something, say something. It don't just work for terrorism. It works for washing hands. See something, say something. No, no, if no. You- but look, this 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 changed my whole out, uh, outlook on stuff, man. Like I kind of knew this. I knew this before, but look, I, I everybody who knows me knows I get people with way too many high fives. I give way too many high fives. Look, I used to give high fives. If you know me, I'll be like high fiving people about everything. Not anymore. From now on, it's dapping up. <laughs> don't even, don't even show your palm to me, man. I'm not touching it. Matter of fact, we were, me and you were in line at an event this weekend. Crusty old dude is giving people high fives. I thought, <laughs> how in the world are you touching this dude's hand? Nah, G. I, I usually elbow people. Look, hit me with the elbow. I got, son. I got, I, I got one, your hand. I got one worse. I'm in the bathroom at Bank of America Stadium halftime. And some dude's like, raspy voice, kids. And I was like, what up? And he went to da- he went to give me a high five. I was like, look, man, I saw you leave the urinal. I saw it. <laughs> what I did not see was you wash your hands. So I'm going with the elbow. All elbow. All elbow. Nah, I usually just bump chest. Bump you know, chest, that's, that's what elbow, whatever. Something. But we not high fiving in the bathroom, okay? And I'm not a germaphobe, but that's nasty. Me neither. Okay? But that's disgusting. Okay, I mean, that's disgusting. And the pooping, I mean, peeing, like I said, I get, but how could you in good conscience, as, a, as an adult, as, as an American, as most of y'all are Christians, how can you leave that stall, wipe and not wash? How? How? We gonna, we gonna call it the wipe and roll. How you gonna wipe and roll? <laughs> you gonna wipe and roll. How you gonna wipe and roll? But, but, one, one in three of y'all are doing it. Y'all are disgusting. And what I'm calling on all of you, please help us advocate for this. If you see something, say something. Don't let them walk out. Don't let them go. Even if you have to say, ooh, ooh, I'm sorry, ooh, you almost forgot to wash your hands. That is the kind way to do it. Then they think that you're just being kind. They don't feel like you're demeaning them. And if they still roll, then get on them. Follow them and let the world know before they go back and cook your steak. That's Before right. they go back and dip your fries. Treat it like leprosy. Just be like, unclean, unclean. And there's a reason why they have signs in the bathroom that says all employees must wash hands. Because most employees don't wash hands. So they got to tell you about it. We're not going to spend too much time. We just wanted to let you guys know. This is a PSA, an RVK PSA. Public service announcement. Wash your hands. Right, my voice. You like my shirt? It's dope, right? For those of you who are currently listening on the podcast, the shirt that Brandon is wearing consists of the Mountaineer mascot logo with the West Virginia state line out on the top of the coonskin cap. I love it too. I got it from sports fans. Mr. Chad Rogers hooked us up and he's going to hook you up. If you're following the Raspy Voice Kids, if you like our page on Facebook, if you like sports fans page on Facebook, follow on Twitter, Instagram, any of those places and send a video of you lip syncing the Raspy Voice Kids song, West Virginia Anthem. Hail West Virginia. And we like it. Then you have a great chance of winning one of these shirts. Gold or blue, your choice. If you live within 30 miles of sports fans, which is right off the hurricane exit on I-64, then you have to drive and get it yourself. If you live beyond 30 minutes, then you we will send it to you. Nonetheless, this is a great opportunity for you We're doing big things with sports fans who always does big things for West Virginia sports fans. Get at your boys, sports fans, and the Raspy Voice Kids. Segment number two of the Raspy Voice Kids present the Hail West Virginia podcast. Again, it's I Also Hate Pitt, a.k.a. Brandon Phoenix. For those of y'all who know my government name and my boy, my brother, Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix, we are here to talk to you about what happened in Charlotte. Jeremy, 
What kind of a day was it at Bank of America Stadium? Well, quote Vol Rising, it was a long day for Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Real Vol Rising. Shout out to Vol Rising, man. Shout out to Vol Rising. Shout out to Man, we look good. We look good. BVD, too. Look, we're going to holla at everybody in Tennessee. Yeah. When you win, you can do that. Look, we look good in Tennessee. Look, if you were in the stadium, if you or if you watch on TV to watch the way. All right, the first half, we didn't make a whole lot of points. The defense came out and excited you. The hits, the passion, the drive. And then the second half for us to take over in big spots when we need to score touchdowns. You know what our offense did? They scored touchdowns. It was a great day to be a Mountaineer. And that video that went out all across the world about us Mountaineers seeking country roads there in the stadium was just amazing. Um, it was just it was just a good time, a great weekend. So many good things to look at and mention somebody and you can big them up because they played well. Yeah, I felt I'm telling you, I cannot remember the last time West Virginia came out and lived up to nay exceeded the hype. We were better than advertised, in my opinion. Especially that defense, especially that defensive line, especially Kenny Bam Bam Bigelow. Um, David Long, I just I feel like the team was better than advertised. Brandon, even, even did with you injury, see that defensive line? Did you see that defensive line? Think about Bigelow, the very first play of the game. It was a sack fumble. I don't know how, actually, I call it a sack fumble. They just called it a fumble. He hits him in the backfield. Second uh, uh, on the – so he sets a tone. The second half, very first play, he hits a running back in the backfield. He set the tone. We had Donahue's and Rose and, and Robinson and the Stills boys. Like, I have not seen – and maybe I'm just young. I remember our defenses being – our defensive line being good. I've not seen that type of defensive line performance from the Mountaineers for a long time. Not since 1996, if we're being honest. You know, if we're, if we're being honest, it probably hasn't been since 1996, and we haven't seen that kind of depth. The rotation, like, there was no drop-off. Jeffrey Pooler, like you said. Pooler, yeah, all, man. All those dudes got in there, and they did everything that they talked about. And Gibby said afterwards, I've been telling you guys for eight months. He said, I've been trying to tell you guys for eight months. These guys are fun to coach. They love to play. They're positive. One of my favorite things about the offense and defense is how much they clearly love each other. How much they celebrated each other. How much they they like it. they swarm to the ball like a pack of wild dogs, Gibby's dogs, because like we all know, Gibby's dogs gonna eat, and they did, and it wasn't just hype, it wasn't just pomp and circumstance. And I said it in the video. That's part of why my voice is raspy. I tried to tell y'all, nobody listened. Chris Hall from W Nation tried to tell y'all you were going to see that four two five, and what did we see? The four two five, over and over again. The things that we hoped for actually happened. People who said Tonkery wasn't big enough were wrong. Tonkery was big enough. Our, our, our linebackers were fast enough. David Long had 15 tackles, another tackle 15. for loss. I'll give you well, an interest. I'll give oh, you that's surprising. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but they it still don't give him his props. But I'll give you a stat. This is my favorite stat, I think. This is something that Jed Drenning brought out on Twitter. He calls it the Bigelow Bang Theory. This is the percentage of WVU's overall tackles for loss produced by the defensive line under Gibby. In 2014, only 28% tackles for loss came from the D-line. In okay. 15, it was 32. 16, it was 33. 17, it was 30. Do you know what it was on Saturday, Jay? I'm not a clue. 63% of our Six, tackles. Wow. 63% of our tackles for a loss came from the defensive line. That's double what it was last year. And so, let's say our linebackers or secondary weren't good, which I'm not saying that at all. But let's say they weren't. When you have a defensive front like that, it makes everything better, everything easier. Then the offense was like a well-oiled machine, especially in that second half. Even in the first half, when things didn't go as well as they could have, it wasn't because we could we weren't wasn't calling a great game. Guys were open, lanes were there. Hey, hey, hey! And that's one thing I want to I want to keep reiterating because I feel like there was a lot of you know. People a little down on Spav last year. Did you see the game he called? Did you even, see? Even in the first half, when we didn't ha rack up points, the plays were there. Yes. I also want to show love to the offensive line. When when Greer dropped back, there was a clean pocket. There was a couple times he got rushed. But other than that, there was a clean pocket to throw the ball. And some more love to Will Greer that everybody always talks about. It's not just his passes. It's not just that he was hitting his receivers. It's where he was hitting his receivers. He hit his receivers when they had an opportunity to continue running in perfect stride. What we saw Saturday, man, it was just, it was so refreshing. So refreshing.
It really was. And it's it's just it's you feel good for a team that's worked so hard, who went through a lot of adversity last year for a guy like Will, who didn't get to finish the season with a broken hand to come back and to put up the most yards that Tennessee has ever given up passing, to, to throw the most touchdowns Tennessee has ever given up throwing, to have a 91 overall passer rating. And, Jeremy, he is now the all-time leader in five touchdown games in the history of West Virginia. Yeah, right. And he's only played 11 total games. I mean, the yeah. guy is phenomenal. I mean, it's and Dana. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead well, it's, it's Spaz, Spaz offense. You got to give Spav the credit because how many times were guys either one on one or wide open because of what Spav called? That yep. play, that touchdown to Kennedy McCoy with those two tight ends. I was talking to Chris Hall from WVNation.com. Perfect call, good call. Yep. And he's the one who he's the one who pointed out. And RC, I was sitting with RC, and as soon as that play started, he was like running back, running back, running back. The running back was so open. That's no, 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 no. Spav. And, and this wasn't. And, 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 and I mean, hold I just up, hold up. They recognize. And hold up, this wasn't a read your op. There's certain plays where you go through your, your, your progressions. A, B, C. No, this was a play. Two tight ends go right, take people out, and leave the yep. running back open. This yep. was the call. It was like <coughs> taking candy from a baby. That That's what it was. You know, and the, great and the, call the, by Spav. And the thing that people miss is that Tennessee has talent. You go look at the recruiting rankings. Amen. They've Amen. got ball players. They've got athletes. Technically, their, their athletes are supposed to be better than ours. So this is we didn't play an FCS opponent. We didn't play a uh, group of five opponent. We played an FBS opponent. And I don't care if Tennessee had a bad season last year. They've got athletes. They've got hog mollies up front. And we did what we wanted. We imposed me, our will. I do want to give shout-outs to some other people on the team. Maiden, baby. He, he was out there. He was making plays. Haskins and Wesco come up with big catches and show their effectiveness on the game just to add something different. And also, can we show love to the special teams? Yes. Kenny had one punt for 53 yards. Staley was two for two from field goals. Like, that's the kind of stuff. He put the ball in the end zone, and when we didn't, we covered it well. Yes. Shout out to the special teams as well. The special teams were excellent. We did have that one tip punt. That, they'll fix that. That's not a problem. But I love that when it wasn't a touchback, there was hang time and great coverage. Excellent tackling on special teams. Um, Diamante Lindsay had a great hit on, mm-hmm. on one kickoff return. And when he got up, I love he got up. He didn't even celebrate. The man just went back to the sideline like, this is just what he does. I love the attitude, the effort, the intensity, the focus of this team. I loved it. Now, were we perfect, Jeremy? Or is there something no, that maybe no. – Is there anything the coaches might be able to say or do – um, what do you think they're saying in but, private? I was, was going to say, as coaches, you you, you got to find the little things so you can get better at them. You can't just go in there and praise them. So you got to find the little things. So if we're going to look at the little things, what is Gibby going to say? What is Spav going to say? What are they going to say, hey, we need to work on? Um, obviously, we had some great plays. The two glaring things, when I was in the stadium, there's three things that I really noticed. Two things I really noticed. The two um, drop passes for touchdowns and the fumble. That's one thing. That those are two two things that I, I, I noticed. Um, now I will say, going back, looking at it on on video, those drops weren't as egregious as yeah, I thought. I agree. David I, Sills. I exactly David Sills. Way. That's a tough catch. I mean, it's, it's tough when 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 last year we had the dropsies. So like we we think, oh, we didn't have the dropsies. We had dropsies in important mo- in important yeah. circumstances, which was odd. It would be on yeah. third down for a conversion. It'd be for touchdowns that turn into field goals. We, you know, but, that, that, that is But going back and looking at it, Sims, he caught the ball. He just had to jar it out at the bottom. Look, you still drop the ball. It goes down as a drop, a drop touchdown. But when I see it, I It, it wasn't as bad it. as I thought it was in It the was nowhere near as bad as I, I thought Still the same way. That ball might have been tipped. I couldn't really tell, yep. even on replay. The ball yep. might have been tipped. It was, it was triple coverage. That's an example of Will being like, I'm the GOAT. I can do this. Because Haskins was wide open on that play, Jeremy. I don't know if you, you saw should've. that. Haskins was uncovered because they triple team Sills. Haskins was wide open. That's a touchdown. And and Will did that multiple times. Even the TJ Simmons touchdown, if you go back and look at that, Marcus Sims was so far behind the defense, that's where the ball should have gone. I didn't even see that. Jeremy, Marcus Sims, I saw it in the stadium. That's why Marcus Sims was able to block for him 10 yards down the field because he was he was so far behind the defense. And again, these are the kinds of things that don't matter. He made a good pass to a guy who was open. It's just little nitpicky things. If you're gonna no, no, because when you get no, because when you get because when you get in a later when you play Kyle Murray in Oklahoma, we're gonna need everything. No, I agree. That's I agree. I'm just telling you, Will Greer played an excellent game. The the receivers were amazing, but there were little things where guys were open 
that he he didn't either he missed them like he missed uh, Sinkfield on another great call that wheel route. Oh yeah, he missed. But that's Sills. just a miss. That's just it's, a miss. It's just a miss. It's, it's just, just a miss. miss, and that happens. But the the decision making. So when he doesn't throw it to Sims when he's the guy who's open, it turns into a touchdown because Simmons is ridiculous. Yeah. When he when he throws it to Sills instead of Haskins, that turns into three points. That's not good. Um, when he makes the decision to run to extend a play where he should have thrown the ball away at the end of the first half, that again takes our chance for seven and makes it where we just get three. Yeah. But that's just being, in my opinion, those are things that are easily fixed. And a guy as good as Will and guys as good as Sills and Sims and most importantly Spav, all that stuff will be fixed. And I I will also say, even McCoy with the fumble, in game I was hot. I was like, how are we going to – like? I remember, guys, be glad you weren't uh, talking to him near after the game when he was talking about the freshman, The freshman and the sophomore who came in – I mean, all everybody running didn't turn over the ball, and then and then McCoy gets in here and he and he fumbles the ball, and I was thinking, what? Like this is what we worked on. This is what we. And then I went back and looked at it, and I'm dead wrong. Dude, dude covered the ball with two hands he when went he in, went into yep. traffic. He covered it with two hands. Yep. Sometimes that happens. I was in the wrong after the game. Well, I saw a fumble. I was frustrated. Went back and looked at the tape. And it's not like with all this other stuff, it's not as egregious as I thought it was. They said, too, that he might have suffered a stinger in that right shoulder, the same one that's given him problems his entire okay. career. So that makes it even less egregious. And so I just hope he's healthy because I feel bad for a guy who's missed so much time, who plays so hard. He always runs hard. It just is unfortunate the way that it worked out. In my opinion, though, that's about it. I, I feel like the defense got tired. The, 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 the defense got tired because they kept giving up third down conversions on that one drive. But to me, get, but to me, the difference is last year we were getting gashed, as you called it, as I argued against you, and you were right. <laughs> we used to get gashed. No, we no, weren't and, getting and, gashed this year, which meant they got in position to convert on third downs and fourth downs. And that's what Gibby said on the Dana Hogerson show. He's like, that long seventeen play drive. We should have had to stop a couple times. We missed a couple tackles where we could have kept them, from, you know, on that third and one. But when they got down to the goal line on fourth and one, we had the perfect play called. We had practiced it. We just missed assignments. He said, "There's no greater growth on a football team than from week one week. Oh, excuse me, week one to week two. So that kind of stuff can be cleaned up. Like he said, we practiced this play. We were ready for that play, and when it came out, we just made the wrong read." I feel like they'll get that ironed out. The bigger thing I want to talk about, Brandon, I need to talk about, is there's so many people that I see online saying, well, if Hakeem Bailey would guard somebody, well, if Hakeem Bailey, oh my goodness, yeah. stop it. Stop. Go watch the tape. Stop. Go, look, oh, he was getting beat so bad. Do you know how many yards Tennessee uh, threw for that game? Break it to him. Uh, 172. How can, how can somebody be terrible or giving up so much if they only throw for a combined 172? The receiver who's doing all them catch or doing all the catching didn't even break 100 yards. It was clearly the scheme to bend but don't break because when do you remember a ball, a ball going over the top? Now, don't get me wrong. There's, play, there's plays where we can get better. And what, what magnifies it is a lot of those catches came in big situations yeah. to extend drives. Yes. So I understand it. So then it looks, saying, it looks worse than what it is. I'm just saying it looks a lot worse than what it is. And don't forget, even though Tennessee's not a good team, they have a lot of talent. There's a difference. Tons of talent, not a good team. But that receiver, he's a stud. I feel like I feel like our secondary, because if our secondary didn't play well, you know what you would see? Touchdown passes, long passes, yes, yes. a lot more going on. The reason why you didn't see that and all you remember is the underneath passes for about five or six yards is because that's what we were willing to give up, and the 172 total yards proves it. And they were down big, and they still couldn't put the ball up against us. Amen. You Amen. watch Bailey playing off. You think Hakeem Bailey gets to decide whether he press covers or not? You think he gets to be like, nah, I'm going to be Dion on this play? No. He no, 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 to... Gibby. No, no, forget you. Yeah, yeah. Forget, forget you, Gibby. You know, forget you, Belk. I'm going to do what I want. No, that's not the way it works. The way it works is Gibby calls a coverage, he calls a scheme, and the players, they, they acclimate to what he says. And he did what he was supposed to do. And they made tackles. And the two, I think the two times they threw a deep, one was a miss. It would have had to been a Will Greer perfect pass. And I think Norwood was in coverage. The other time, Norwood had perfect coverage and pushed him out of bounds, kept him from catching it inbounds. Our secondary is good and going to get better. Is it perfect? No. I still think our corners are are our weakest point, and they're not weak. 
I think it's yeah, just a credit to how good our, our defensive line, secondary, and safeties are. And, and I'm going to wrap this up. Don't get it twisted. We realize we played a 4-8 and eight team. We realize they're not a great team. We realize on the horizon are a lot of other teams who are going to execute better. I'm just saying for week one to come out and be able to stop the run in the way we did and to run the ball in the way that we did. We didn't gash them, but we, we had a solid running game. It's just it's we, a very good sign, and we take it week by week. We averaged 4.4 yards per carry. That's, and, yeah. that, and that counts sacks um, you know, for Will Greer, who had three carries for zero yards. So, you know, that right there by itself. But then you look at Tennessee, which, you know, telling about our defense. You talked about how they only gave up 127 yards passing. They only gave up 129 yards rushing for a 3.4-yard average. And they had some big runs. So, overall, our defense. And that Jordan boy is a beast. He's a baller. (laughs) And if you think he's not, if you think he's not, you lost your mind. The other thing I want to say real quick, too, is I wasn't really impressed with our running backs at the game. Watching the tape. Yeah. Petaway, Letty, Sinkfield. Yep. Sinkfield is going to bust some this year, by the way. I know they kept talking about how twitchy Here's the he thing. Was. Here's the thing. Are they going to be all Big 12? I don't know. Not Maybe not they, in no week way, one. No maybe, way, because we got too many of them. Maybe not week one, but but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I feel exactly what you're saying. And and our pass protection was great. Our running, our running, run blocking can improve. It wasn't perfect, but it's going to get better because, one – like they said, the biggest improvements from week one to week two. But also, Joe Brown's not quite in shape yet based on everything the coaches are saying right now. And he's going to get in football shape. And, again, that's another position, offensive line, from tackle to guard to center, we're deep. And we're just going to keep getting better. And we were good. No, we were great. Herbie put us – Herbie, Kirk Herbstreet, we all know how much Kirk Herbstreet loves West Virginia and the Big 12. Kirk Herbstreet put us as his number five best performance of the week. Will Greer was his number one performer. We're number well, 10 in ESPN's power index. We impressed the nation. A neutral, site fee, a neutral site game against an FBS SEC opponent, and we beat the brakes off them. And we won Friday night. Like, John Antonick said that. He does not remember a time West Virginia fans didn't win Friday night. We won Friday night. We won, we won Saturday at the game. And don't nobody sing country roads like Mountaineers. And boy, Absolutely. boy, did we sing it. We really did. Now, you bring up Kirk Herbstreit, which opens us up to college football. So we're going to take a brief moment just to talk a little bit about most of other college football. And I got to start I got to start with, I'm sorry, and I say this every single – I say this every single week because it happens every single week. I am so sick of Texas. I am I'm, so I'm sick so, of Jeremy, Texas. Jeremy. I don't know what to do. Tom Herman, all the boys, oh, yeah. No, shut up. No, all oh, you <laughs> shut up. Go somewhere. You are the new pick. And what I mean yes, is that as yes, a rival, yes. you do nothing for the conference. Nothing. And all you do is beat the conference. I hate Texas because Texas does nothing. You're the save same it, old save Texas. It, save it. Save it for why we hate Texas, Jeremy. Save it. Bottle it up. Bottle it up. Trust me. I was ready for it. I will say this. Tom Herman had the nerve to say, we're right where we're supposed to be. Yeah, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. And somebody said to me, yeah, you were right where you were supposed to be when you were with uh, the coach from Zach Smith on that recruiting trip. That's where you're supposed to be, Tom Herman. Amen. Amen. <laughs> the other thing I want to say is I'm tired of Michigan. I'm tired. There are people who put Michigan in the college football playoff, Jeremy. Do, yeah. you, know, do you know that Jim Harbaugh is 9-9 nine and nine in his last 18 games? And no, do you, I, I didn't know that. But do you know? Do you know? You know that Nick Saban has only lost nine games in the last seven years, yeah, and, yeah, and they make the same money, basically, Jeremy. And it's funny that you're sitting there talking about the Big Ten and the and the SEC. And I know it's too early, but all those people chirping off about the SEC West and the Big Ten. What is it? East? Is it the East? Everybody says it's so much better. Yeah. Penn State, yeah. Ohio State. Penn State almost lost. Michigan got beat. Michigan State won by seven points. Uh, by the way, Penn State beat. Uh, a team Appalachian in State. That's what I'm saying. In overtime, but not. But they're going to tell you. They're going to tell you how Appalachian State is a giant killer. Oh no, yeah. No. Yeah. Who do they kill? Yeah, Big Ten yeah, opponents. Flip. Flip to the SEC West. Okay. Did you see what they did? Did you see what Auburn did? Beating Washington, LSU, whipping whip, whip, Miami, whip. Alabama, taking care of Louisville. Look, they don't want all of the board. And I know it's too early. And I'm not an SEC. I'm just saying, all you people, this is the reason why preseason predictions don't mean anything. Even Ohio State, who covered the spread against a power five opponent, like somebody said, don't don't get it twisted. The only team who might be worse than Oregon State is Kansas. And we can get to Kansas oh, next. Man. Let's not even, I don't even bring up Kansas. I, I like David Beatty. You know, I, and I know uh, 
I know Coach Williams, defensive line coach. So I, I don't want bad things to happen there, but something, something's got to change. I don't know what exactly, but something's got to change in Lawrence. There's no excuse for that. And I mean, just the decision-making, everything is pathetic. I'm not mad at Texas Tech losing to Ole Miss. I wanted them to win, but Ole Miss always has talent. If we're being honest, I'm just tired of I'm just, I'm, I'm getting you know it's first week it's so, but so back, wait back I wanted to go back to Ohio State real quick Ohio State gave up 31 points to Oregon State now granted they scored 77 but they gave up 31 points like somebody said somebody was said there's a hundred teams that played FCS teams this week and they didn't give up 31 points the defensive oh, yeah. the, the defensive line is great the linebackers and the secondary they're gonna need some work now they're Ohio State I think they're just gonna keep getting better. Oh, but, no, 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 no. That's but something it's to not watch. About to get, but it's not even about getting better. It's about Big 12 doesn't have no defense. I watch all you Big 10 teams. How in the world do you go fix your mouth to say the Big 12 doesn't have a defense after I watched week one? No, the, stop it. The big, it's like the SEC. It's like Tennessee. Y'all kept talking about how we don't have any defense. No, we just play real offenses. Y'all saw a real quarterback. You gave up the most you've ever given up. And by the way, it's the second time he beat y'all. Second time. And how have we not talked about this? Vol... Let me say this. Tennessee Volunteer fans were fantastic in person. They were, they were cool. They were fun. I had people ask to take pictures with us, even though they knew we made why we hate Tennessee. I mean, th- they were fantastic. They really were nice people. And I can be honest now. Jerry, can we be honest about this? No, drop it. Drop it. Go. I, I love Rocky Top. I've always loved Rocky Top. Are you eh, kidding that's me? too far. See, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know love it more than Country Roads. It's a little tough. I don't love it more than Country Roads. It's not better than Country Roads. But I love Rocky Top. I'll be honest. That was just a diss track. And you know on a diss track, you just got to say stuff, right? You know, Nas said stuff about Jay-Z that wasn't true, right? <laughs> Tupac said stuff about Biggie that wasn't true, right? MGK just said stuff about Eminem that probably isn't true. And Eminem is uh, about to get at him, just look, so you know. Look, but that if, said... If you haven't seen Kamikaze, if you haven't listened to Kamikaze, no, anyway, no. continue on. That continue said, on. Tennessee fans on social media, I, I don't know what world y'all live in. Like, I don't know. Those people must not have been at the game because... They must not have been in Charlotte because it's a whole different world. It's a whole different level of crazy. Jeremy, it reminded me of Marshall fans after the NCAA tournament. Like, you run your mouth, (laughs) run your mouth, you get stomped, and then you still run your mouth. Have you ever known somebody? I I don't understand it. No, no. Do you ever notice, like, known somebody who's truly crazy that everything they say just doesn't make sense? It just comes out of nowhere. Like, they'll be making arguments, and you're like, what in the world? That's Tennessee. Like, and the only thing you're chalking up to is they're crazy. They're crazy. Because you can't can't logically explain what somebody says when they're crazy. They're crazy. I had a a doctor tell me one time, there was a bad thing that happened in my life, and I said, if somebody had done something, I said, I just don't understand. It doesn't make sense. And she said to me, stop trying to make something that doesn't make sense make sense. Yeah. And that's where we are with this whole scenario. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, people on there saying, Jeremy, one guy had the nerve to say, this is what he said. They're dead serious. He said, I'll be honest, y'all won. But I, saw I picked us to win before I realized the officiating wasn't going to be straight down the middle. Dude, you yeah. lost by 26 points at a neutral site and the refs were the reason? With two drop touchdown passes, okay? And several other misses. For real, like, the refs are the reason? Man, when we lose, we make these diss videos. When we lose, we always give props. We always right. give props. Even when it's 35-2, to two, we don't have to talk about it. But you know what I'm saying. We always give props. But this, the Vol, Vol fans are ridiculous. You guys are absurd. And, and, and I'm sorry for the ones that were in Charlotte who weren't this way, unless y'all are Twitter gangsters. And Facebook gangsters, and you yeah. were just faking in public. Uh, so you know. But you I, know what? Speaking speaking of uh, diss tracks, excuse me, that's what I'm looking. At. You said diss tracks. Speaking of diss tracks, we about to get to one. We about to get to one. Get them drum rolling. Hang on for the next segment. Here we come. Let's go, penguins. We see you, Raspy Boys. The Raspy Boys kids would like to thank Swill Dog Hard Cider. The finest cider in all of the world. And they have their new pumpkin spice that is out for the fall. You don't want to miss that. It's my dad's favorite, just so you know. Tara Tolliver, she loves it too, FYI. And she's got great taste. We also want to thank Sandwich U located on 461 High Street, the king of the fat sandwich, owned by George Tanios and Chris Truck Neal. You got to go there and tell them the Raspy Voice Kids sent you. Always, always, always got to show love to Shrinkables. Shrinkables! A little harder to say that after Charlotte. And then, of course, the finest automotive dealer in all of the state of West Virginia, and especially Mr. Jamie Spears and our guy, Paul Astorg, 
at Astorg Motors, Astorg Auto of Charleston. And again, if you go in and you want to ride in style, tell them the Raspy Voice Kids sent you. Astorg Auto of Charleston is West Virginia's premier automotive luxury dealer. We sell Land Rover, Jaguar, Mercedes-Benz, Volvo, and Audi brands. We also have a wide variety of pre-owned luxury cars at our store on Corridor G. Our service department also goes the extra mile and aims to exceed your expectations. We offer free pickup and delivery on service appointments to make your life easier. Come experience a new level of service. Astorgado of Charleston, a tradition of automotive excellence. Learn more at astorgado.com. This is Jeremy Phoenix for the Raspy Voice Kids presenting the Hail West Virginia podcast. And we're here today with the second team All-American, the first team All-Big East. The man is playing in France now and also hosting the final forecast. Your man, our man, the forever mountaineer, Kevin Jones. What's good, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Glad to be here. Nah, we're glad you made time for us and to show us just a little bit of love, man. Yeah, no doubt. Got to spread the love, man. So we know you're doing this final forecast thing. You're with uh, John Flowers, Jay Flo, and Deshaun Butler. Yep. Man, how did all that come about? Um, well, I think the idea came from John, and um, he he talked to me about it. You know, I'm not really a, I'm not really the most talkative person, the most outgoing person. But when I um, when he came to me with the idea, and you know, I, I thought about it. It's, it's like the perfect insight to, you know, everything we had to go through, our thoughts and ideas, and just uh, insight into our personalities, too. So I figured uh, it was the perfect idea, so I'm glad uh, I became a part of it. No, and if you go listen to it, if any of y'all go listen to it, hopefully you guys are already, it's great. It's just a little bit of insight, and they're just camaraderie, and, you know, they're just brothers just chopping it up. It's great. It's absolutely great. Now, Kev, you played on that team that went to the Final Four. You guys went 31-7. and seven. Um, you play with all yep. kinds of dudes. Truck, Deshaun, Ebanks, Missoula, Kalichla, Johnny West. We could go on and on. But from your career at West Virginia, what is the one moment that you really just kind of take away that, that, that will be forever yours? Um, well, my moment, I would say, you know, it's easy to say the um, going to the Final Four, beating that loaded Kentucky team that had, a um, right. you know, a bunch of NBA uh, guys on it. But for me, I would say one in the biggest championship because, um, you know, it was in New York where I'm from, where Truck grew up at, where Ebank grew up at. Uh, Deshaun and Wellington was uh, right across the bridge over in Jersey. So most of us uh, was around there and, uh, you know, winning in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, that was, it was a blessing, man. Now, absolutely. It's the Mecca. That's where all big-time players play and make things happen. And we were proud to watch y'all do it, too. Now, I yeah. mentioned, I mentioned uh, Dennis Kalichla, and the reason why I did is, first of all, he was a great player. <laughs> he was a great player yeah. for us. Yeah. And uh, when Joe Mazzula was on your, your, your final forecast, he actually mentioned yeah. team fights, and he, he was telling this story about people jumping on the Turk. But y'all didn't finish the yeah. story. I want to I know what was the story with people jumping on the Turk on the treadmill. Well, you know, team fights happen in, in every sport and every sport. And, um, you know, we kind of keep it under wraps. We kind of keep it in-house. You know, right, nobody right. needs to know the business of the team. But pretty much from my point of view, I'm going to preface by saying my point of view because, <laughs> you know, uh, him and John didn't agree with me. But, uh, you know, Turk was just having a bad practice that day. And um, we were uh, we were playing a game the next day. We had a game. And um, him and Joe got into some words. Joe was um, our senior leader, senior captain. So, you know, Joe didn't really like the way what Turk was doing. So as um, Turk was getting on the treadmill, Joe kind of jumped toward his back kick, just kind of <laughs> put him in like a half headlock, like while he's on the treadmill, just kind of trying to snap him out of his funk, whatever. The bulldog, like, man. Yeah, man, Joe was, Joe was definitely a bulldog. But, you know, they – it, we broke it up. The team broke it up before it got too crazy, and you know they they um, chatted it up, and it was over after that. And um, we just ended up playing the next day. But you know stuff like that happens all the time. Yeah, no, I mean it's competitiveness, and sometimes that kind of stuff can bring teams together. I love the story that it's Joe Mazzula who did it. I figure it was like another big dude. You're like Kalisha, that's a big dude. He's been in the, you know he's been in the weight the weight room. Joe Mazzula being such a dog, he was just jump and put him in a headlock. I exactly, love it. and that, that just shows uh, the personality Joe has, the competitor he is. He doesn't care what size you are. He's yeah, he's definitely a bulldog for sure. Okay, okay. So, so I need I need an answer from you. You got you got to okay. pick one or the other. 
On defense, you need to lock up one man. You got to pick one man to do it. You taking your dude, Joe Mazzula, or your other dog, Javon Carter? Hey, man, listen, that, that's pretty close. That's <laughs> hard. That's a hard decision, but I am have, uh, might have to go with J.C. Just on a slight edge. Okay. Edge. But the funny <laughs> thing is I think I think Joe would probably pick J.C. over himself as well because Joe, <laughs> Joe, Joe keeps it super real, and Joe knows his worth and what he did. It, but uh, J.C. is definitely, a, uh, I would say, one of the best defenders that I've seen in my lifetime, and that's at any level, so. Not, and, and that's what you hear from everybody. I mean, Memphis felt the same way. So that's the reason why he's there. But I yeah, heard, to, sure. to, to talk about Missoula's defense, so there was this kid, his name was Noah Cottrell. Now, if you don't know Noah Cottrell, he was from Poco, big-time recruit. I'm not, And I know that you know Noah Cottrell, but for the audience, if you don't know Noah Cottrell, he's from Poco, big-time recruit. Matter of fact, J.C. said that he remind, reminds him of, of uh, Jordan McCabe, and this was some years back. So he came talking about how he was going to start and all this stuff. And when he got to practice, Joe Mazzula wouldn't even let him make it past half court. Three straight times wouldn't let him make it past half court. Is that a true story? Yeah, yeah, it is a true story. He had a rough go of it. I mean, he came in and uh, he, was, he was talking a lot of mess. I mean, he was very talented. He, he's from the state. So, you know, he, um, he had to stay behind him. And he, I guess he thought things were going to be easier then, you know, he anticipated, and then when he got there, he realized, you know, this is this is tough. This uh, this NCAA game is, is tough, and, you, and people aren't just going to roll over for you no matter how big your name is. And, um, you know, Joe just kind of wanted to teach him that. Yeah, look, hey, put you in your place. Stay in your place and be put yeah. in your place. That's what it is. Yeah, sometimes you got to, yeah. You ever come to that realization? I mean, we know you played, you know, big-time basketball, the D-League, the NBA. You, been, you played all over the world. You're in France now. You ever had that experience playing somebody who just really, you were like, whoa, this is real? Um, For me, I always uh, I always had confidence, but I always came in with the mindset, I got to do my work first before I can say anything. And um, I never had to humble myself to that point, but definitely I had – I had uh, times where I came in thinking uh, thinking the college game was going to be one way and it ended up being another way. And, you know, I had to wait my turn and I had to realize these guys are here for a reason. These guys are great for a reason. They worked on their body. They've been here for three, four years, and they kind of know the ropes. So let me just learn from them yeah. and get better. No, that's, that's a good attitude. So you, you've yeah. played abroad. You, you've played, you know, like I said, over there in France. What's like the difference between playing abroad and playing here? Is, is about? I mean, you would think that it's just basketball, but but is it? Does it boil down to that, or is it much tougher? No, no, it's much tougher. Things outside of basketball is the easiest part, I would say, because we've been playing basketball our whole lives. It doesn't. The game doesn't change too much. I mean, the basketball changed a little bit. The the coaching style is kind of different, and uh, maybe the fans might be kind of different. But other than that, basketball is basketball. But um, I would say the living, you know, learning a new language, getting used to a new culture, you know, step, stepping outside of your comfort zone for me, those were the three things that kind of, you know, I had to adapt to. Any any so, crazy stories? Any crazy stories not knowing the language, almost getting got? Oh, man. Um, I would say my crazier stories are more the fans, the, from the fans' perspective. Um, I played in Serbia. Uh, for this uh, for this well-known club named uh, Partizan in, Bel- in Serbia, Belgrade. And our fans are one of the best fans in Europe. And uh, just like during the games would be so crazy. It would be like smoke bombs going off during the game, people throwing firecrackers on the court, whoa, people getting in the fight to stand. Yeah, yeah. And it's like for me, this is like one of my first times outside of the U.S. playing ball. So I'm like, yo, like we're pulling up to some of the games against our like arch rivals in the in the city and we got like um security following us and we can't go we can't walk to the gym we got to take a bus yeah it was it was kind of crazy there man that's, so that's one of my craziest stories no that's that's culture shock for for, for sure but you're over yeah. there we we know once a mountaineer always a mountaineer and uh we feel like you know we show the love as a, as a fan base do you receive that love even when you're over, you know, overseas? Whether you see people there or you get emails or whatever. Oh, for sure. You're you're bound to find a, a Mountaineer connection somewhere, no matter where you go. I've learned that uh, throughout my time graduating, 
And, yeah, I feel the love for sure. You know, people appreciate the work you do here, and I appreciate the fans for always supporting us, you know, um, during my time here. So it, the love is definitely reciprocated for sure. Nah, we we definitely, definitely appreciate you and everything that you've done for us. You played for us, you know, these four years at WVU. Uh, you went up through the ranks your senior year. You took a leadership role, averaged 20 points and 10 rebounds, but you played for Hugs, the legendary, should-be Hall of Famer, going-to-be Hall of Famer uh, head coach. Yeah. What's your best Hugs stories, man? Oh, man, my Hugs story? All right, I'll tell this one. Everybody but, has um, one. About, yeah, for sure, and it's about me, so and it's not embarrassing, so... My freshman year, we're playing Dayton in the first round of the um, NCAA tournament, and we're we're getting yeah we're getting our butt kicked in the first half. And I just so happened to have you know I wasn't feeling too well. I had a flu, cold, whatever you want to call it. And you know I actually I didn't tell him, but I told my assistant coach who brought me in, Coach Martin. I was like, Yo, Coach, I'm not feeling well, this and that. And you know he was like, You know, just play through it. You know, it'll it'll be all right. Just play through it. So we're getting our butts with halftime. We go into the locker room, and he's, you know, he's killing guys. He's going down the line, telling what guys aren't doing, and he gets to me, and he's like, KJ doesn't want to play because KJ has the sniffle. And he's just like, <laughs> he just kills me. And I'm, I'm a freshman. I'm like, dang, I, you know, I didn't even tell him I was sick. I thought one of the assistant coaches I was sick, so I, I thought it might not get to him. But, yeah, man, it was, it was one of those <laughs> – experiences where I'm like, you know what, no matter what, I just got to play through it and, and let the chip, you know, fall where they may, but that was one of my funniest hope stories. Man, I, I love it too, man, and once again, shout out to the, the, the final forecast, I was listening to the other day, and y'all were talking about how he brings up stuff from like way back, it can be like three weeks ago, all this happened because somebody wanted to eat popcorn on the bench, and all started. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's true, man, that's true, oh, he'll bring back something on you for sure. Oh, man, I absolutely love it, man. I appreciate you coming on here. We do. We have three hard-hitting questions that we ask everybody who comes on here. So are you ready for them? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. First one, what's the best Pop-Tart? Strawberry. Oh, man, come on. Brain and I also hate Pitt also says strawberry. I'm a brown sugar, baby. Brown sugar all day. All right. Brown sugar? Brown oh, that's, that's horrible. Ah, uh, uh, horrible. All right, all right. Nobody's going. We're going to continue on. You the guest. You the guest. All right. <laughs> all right. You taking Lion King or the Toy Story? Ooh, that's tough. I grew up on both of them. Um, Lion King is a classic. I got to go with Lion King. Amen. Now we're one for one. That's my pick. Lion King all day. Yeah. All right, last yeah. one. Where is the best fast food French fry? Ooh, man. Uh, nothing beats a good McDonald's, uh, hot McDonald's French fry. Boom. So I'm going to go, but it, has to, but it has to be hot. It has to be hot. Amen. Yeah. I thought you were sure. about to just change it. You said, but I'm going to go, but that's fine. You want to leave at McDonald's? Oh, oh my bad. I'm a, yeah, I'm going to go with McDonald's. McDonald's. All right, good deal, good deal. Go you know, sometimes people go to curly fries or they go to waffle fries. I'm with you. Do, 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 do. It's McDonald's all day. Yeah, exactly. Oh exactly. uh, man, we we exactly. appreciate you coming on here, showing us some love. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you, where to find the uh, the podcast. Let us know where you're at. Yeah, well, me personally, you know, uh, Kevin Jones Five on Instagram, um, at Kevin at Kev Jones Five on Twitter, and um, the fi at Final Forecast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You know, follow, uh, we're on every Spotify, um, Apple, you know, uh, yeah, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, and yeah, man, we appreciate the love, and we just want to try to keep it going. Absolutely. Keep it going. We appreciate you, and remember, hail West Virginia. Yes, sir. Why we hate Youngstown State. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, here on segment number three with Jeremy J. and Fiend Phoenix. We about to ride on them penguins. Now, the problem we have with you more than anything else is that we play you. You're an FCS opponent. We shouldn't play you. But come on to Morgantown and get your payday because that's all you're going to get. The last time you beat an FBS team, it was 2012. And Jeremy, do you know who it was? I actually do, but I'm going to let you drop it. Pitt. So we'll give you a little credit for that because we're always grateful for that. But that's how pathetic you are. That's the last team you beat in the FBS. You beat Pitt. And everybody beats Pitt. They're pathetic. They didn't even win a conference game in basketball. So you tell you, I tell you about their athletic department. The other thing that doesn't make any sense is why are you the Penguins? 
Who, who picks a penguin? Amen. Who picks Amen. a penguin as their mascot? What is menacing about a penguin? A penguin with a scarf? Nonetheless. So no, the penguin, I, I, the penguin can't even take the cold? He needs a no. hat and a scarf? No, that's what I don't get. I, I, I looked at him, I was like, are there even penguins in Ohio? No. No? No? Okay, okay, you're going to point to Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, you know, NHL. But at least they're black and gold, which look like penguins. And at You're least they- red. You're red and white. Just by putting that little stinky scarf on him. Come on now. And, and your home stadium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your home stadium is called the Ice Castle. The Ice Castle. In Ohio, what, are we doing little kid sayings? What, I, the sand castle was taken? <laughs> the sandbox was gone? Stop it. At least, Stop the, Pittsburgh it, Penguins, okay? at least the Pittsburgh Penguins play on ice. <laughs> and on Saturday, we're going to put you on ice. Because you haven't been relevant since you were in a 1AA rivalry with Marshall. Okay? You're not in our league. You have no business on our schedule. And we're going to remind you of who and what a big boy program is come Saturday. Because I know, I know that Bo Pelini remembers from his days of getting mopped at Nebraska. From his days of throwing fits in the press box. It's coming again, Bo. But this time you expect it. So I don't expect you to be upset. So Penguin fans, all 13 of you that show up on Saturday, it's about to be a ride session. We're, it's cele- so f- we're, celebrating, the, we're celebrating the 88 team. That team was undefeated. I got a feeling we're in for a repeat. Here we are three decades later. Welcome to the party. Amen. And I looked, you guys got Jim Tressel, you guys got Bo Pelini. You guys are the real life coach's last chance you. <laughs> like, everybody comes there. You guys, I, I feel bad for you because you guys must have been salivating. You guys must have been so excited when you guys thought Urban Meyer was getting fired. Oh, man. Oh, man. You know how close you were? You were this close to being irrelevant. Bo Pelini then all of a sudden, he, just get, then he gets suspended for three games. Bo Pelini found a realtor when he heard about Urban Meyer almost getting fired. No, they were so but excited I'm, down there. I'm gonna tell you straight up, we ain't wasting no more time on y'all. That's it, finito. No, 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 no. Do you know who's who played for for the Penguins? Do you know, who? Brandon? When I say this, you will go crazy. Who? Bob Davy. I should have <laughs> known Bob Davy was for Youngstown State. Can't stand oh, Bob, Bob, Davey. Bob Davey. Nobody can. When when Jamal Day yes. hit that dude yes. down in Virginia Tech. And you had the nerve to try to act like it was a, like it was a good call, Bob Davey. Like it was a legitimate penalty. I should have known you were paying from that. From but really, that, really, Bob Davey was on. ahead of his time. He knew about launching before and targeting before it ever happened, right? right. Of course, right. Bob Davey's a penguin. But now we're done with you. Finito. No mas. Podcast Network.